Where are you? Are you in bed? Or are you leaving the first human footprint on Mars? Are you jogging? Or are you about to pull off the heist of the century? Are you in your car? Or are you praying those red eyes in the darkness can't see you? Every time he sees me, his eyes light up. Audible. I can Get your almost first hear his heart free beat faster. Every word. He looks at me the same way he did when we first met. For him, the best. I love at first sight every day. For me, it's heartbreaking. Loving someone who's living with dementia is not easy. For support, advice, or to make a donation, visit DementiaSA.org. You're listening to Vuga Online. You are rocking with the best. with Colleen Quist. The show is all about healthcare, as you can imagine from the name, and it's about making sure that we are educated about all matters healthcare, but also very importantly that we get to meet people who work in healthcare. We realize that they are human. They don't live on pedestals. They don't live on islands. They're actually people, which sometimes when you work outside of healthcare, we seem to think of them as superheroes And we forget that they bleed like the rest of us. They get upset, they get sad, they get tired. And so it's about taking out the mystery and being able to allow us to meet healthcare people, to to be more um, in touch with matters that are healthcare. Often we don't talk about healthcare matters because, oh, it's not for us. But ultimately, we are all stakeholders. We are all shareholders in healthcare because at some point we need a hospital. At some point, we need a doctor. So today's show is all about environmental sustainability, and I've got an amazing guest for you. And we're going to unpack what environmental sustainability means. Now, not so long ago, environmental sustainability was very much something that oh, we don't talk about that. No, it doesn't affect us. But you know. Not so long ago, um, Europe has been burning. They've been talking about their 30, 35 degrees. So how does that link up? And then also we've got KZN with all the floods that KZN has had. How does that link up into environmental sustainability? So when we're back, we're going to be chatting to our guest. I'm going to be introducing you to the guest. But please remember to tune into VUCA Online Radio, your inspiration radio station. You can download the app. You can also find us on vucaonlineradio.co.za. You can listen to us live. And then also on social media, you'll be able to see the podcast that we do share with you. Welcome contribution. Remember, it's not just me standing here going blah, blah, blah. Well, actually, I'm sitting. But we welcome feedback from you. How do you know the life or personal coach you are about to work with is who they say they are? How do you know if they can do the job? At the Africa Board for Coaching, Consulting and Coaching Psychology, we can tell you. So, before you share your secrets and spend your money, check with us first. Visit www.abccp.com or call us on 012-751-7608. The ABCCP, 
the professional body for coaches. Broadcasting worldwide online 24-7. It's Vuga Online, your inspiration radio station. Welcome back. You tuned to Healthcare Hour with Colleen Quist. And today's topic is environmental sustainability, which are two big words. We're going to hear more about it, but I would like to introduce you to Andre Nokia. He is the environmental sustainability, listen to me, environmental sustainability manager for Netcare. Morning, afternoon, good day, Andre. How are you? Hello, Colleen, and welcome. Uh, thank you. Thank you for hosting me and uh, welcome to all the, the listeners on, on site. Yeah. That is quite a mouthful, and sometimes I struggle to say that myself. Um, it's quite a, a mouthful to say. Environmental Sustainability Manager. Yep. Okay. All right. So let's. I'm going to read some more about you um, from your bio. Andre Nokia is the National Environmental Sustainability Manager, as we've heard, at Netcare, and he's there to drive energy and water savings within the group. His qualifications include a master's degree in mechanical engineering at Northwest University, and he's a registered professional engineer with the Engineering Council of South Africa, which is uh, abbreviated to ECSA, and he's qualified as a certified energy manager with the Association of Energy Engineers. Sure, shouldn't have a few drinks and talk about energy engineers. (laughs) So from a young age, Andre developed a passion for environmental conservation, which led him to pursue a career in engineering solutions that lighten humans' impact on the environment. Among his many accolades, and there are lots, earlier this year, the South African Energy Efficiency Confederation awarded Andre as a Young Professional of the Year. He also led Netcare's efforts that saw the group awarded the SAEEC Award for Commercial Corporate Company of, in recognition of its outstanding contribution to the energy in, industry. Subsequently, the South African chapter nominated Andre for the prestigious AEE International Young Energy Professional of the Year Award. They're very into you being young, hey? <laughs> and it has recently been announced that you have won the international award and will be going to Atlanta in the U.S. to receive this award in September this year. So congratulations, Andre. Well done. No, thank you, Kudin. Yeah, it's a, it's a really proud moment for me. And yeah, um, it's the last year I can essentially be qualified as, as young. So um, I'm using that opportunity as far as wide. And, and I'm, I'm telling my wife and all my kids that, you see, I am still young. And, and I'm using that opportunity as far as possible. But yeah. <laughs> No, really excited so, to, to have received that and be going to, to um, Atlanta, Georgia later this year and to, to receive that award. Um, it's it's such, a, such an honor. And um, yeah, I, I really want to thank all of my colleagues and, and um, all the, the mentorship that I've received over the time. And, and it's really, really good to see your efforts making a difference in the world. Yes, so awesome. All right, so I'm sure next year we'll chat to you again and then you'll be in the not young category. <laughs> Let's hope that's so. <laughs> challenge right, accepted, so, as they say. <laughs> challenge accepted, yes. So, from a young age, you have had a passion for environmental conservation. Could you explain that to us more? 
Yeah, thanks, Colleen. Yeah, so I think um, it started off for me. Um, I've always had a, had a had a very big passion um, for nature specifically and spending time in nature, either spending time next to a dam and fishing or or spending time in the Kruger National Park. Um, as a family, we've been blessed to to have been seen and be, we're actually been to to the Kruger a couple of times. Um, I've lived in Palaboa for for part of my life as one, well, and and really seeing what what nature has to offer and, and and actually being able to see the impact of of nature on the rest of the world um going into places like secunda um many years after and, and seeing how how climate change has actually devastated those areas and and what it's doing to to our world you know our beautiful world and africa as such and south africa in particular with all its vast um I want to say abundances of natural resources, but how those things are, are, are slowly but surely just becoming nothing and, and, and going away. And, and we're losing all that beauty in South Africa, although we still have so much beauty left. And it's important to continue to conserve that and, and make sure that that is there for, for the, next, the next, I want to say, the young, the young people of, or the future generation, if I can call it that way. Yeah, younger than you, Andre. <laughs> okay. All right. So from there, your passion, obviously, from engineering, and you've gone into netcare. Correct. Yeah. So um, interesting. They, most people always, especially my, my the people that studied with me, always ask me, what does an engineer do at netcare? Um, and uh, my first answer, especially to my mates, are that I, that I'm a gynecologist and, and then everyone <laughs> starts laughing at me. But uh, no, essentially um, the hospitals are obviously quite big facilities and they use uh, quite a, a vast amounts of energy, uh, vast amounts of um, air conditioning. Um, they generate tons and tons of waste. And um, there's a real need for, for engineers in the hospital environment to see and to actually protect the patient, to ensure that um the, the areas are kept cool. The theatres are cool. Um, there's enough lighting. There's enough hot water for everyone. So, yeah, um, that's how I ended up as an engineer at, at Netcare. Okay, so fascinating. So for all the children listening now, you may not think about an engineer and working in a huge, massive um, hospital group, but to see, you know, and this is what's so important in career development, that we take you know, the mystery out of, oh, I'm an engineer. Will engineers build bridges? Uh, no. Um, yes, so very fascinating from, from an energy and water point of view. So what then is sus environmental sustainability? Thanks, Colleen. Yeah, so it's quite a big word, and um, I think it does confuse a lot of people out there, especially um, environmental, but it's quite easily when you break it down, uh, again, environmental and sustainability. And essentially it talks to the responsibility to conserve our natural resources and to protect our global ecosystems, um, to support health and well-being. And it's not only now, but also in the future. Um, old President, US, um, US President Obama once said that we are the first generation to experience global warming and that we are the last generation that are able to do something about it. Now, to answer your question, what do I need to do um, or change now in terms of the environmental sustainability um, to ensure that it's kept sustainable? And we need to ensure that we live in a way that ensures the future generation 
um, have natural resources available to live an equal life or not better. Um, so yeah, um, it's to make sure that the environmental aspect of our world is kept sustainable for the future. Okay, so thank you. So when you look at it as, as resources that, and also natural resources, we have a finite amount of them. And then when we're using them up too fast, or we're not replenishing them, we're going to eventually come to the day where you open the cupboard and you go, oh, there's no more left. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and that talks very much, firstly, to, to our coal storages, um, to the amount of gold we have, um, to the amount of oxygen that we can physically create on, on this planet to, to, to make everyone survive from that piece of oxygen. And and the more we're actually burning coal, for example, and putting CO2 emissions into the earth um, or into the world that, that can't be absorbed by, by the trees that we currently have, the less and the less, and uh, we, that bucket essentially will dry up and there won't be, be anything left for, for the future generations to, to actually move forward. So from global warming, I, I think some people don't believe that global warming exists. But now when you look at, you know, Europe being in the late 30 degrees, which might be normal for us, but it's not normal for them. And also those KZN floods. Correct. Yeah. No, I think um, uh, sustainability and, and specifically the impact of global warming and climate change is, is really starting to show, show the real impact, especially um, I want to say in, in the African regions, um, uh, we, we, the African region tends to feel, feel the impacts of global, global warming a lot better. But, it's, but also, like you say, Europe's experiencing these, these great heat waves um, and, and temperatures soaring um, just above uh, record temperatures being recorded, fires, uh, fires everywhere um, because of this heat. And, and like you mentioned, um, the floods in KZN that we recently experienced earlier this year, but I think it's important to note that it's not a new thing and, and we're starting to see this more and more. Um, I think the, the day zero scenario in Cape Town was a, was a perfect example of, of this quite, quite recently as well. Um, and, and that has been some time ago. And even though that, that area is out of, out of the, the worst um, drought at that stage, um, there's still those risks and those risks um, continue to ex be experienced throughout South Africa and the world. So we do need to make efforts to, to get everything, um, uh, I want to say, back in, in the balance and, and put enough, um, I want to say, um, well, resources back into the bucket um, and, and ensure that, that this world can actually be sustained. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's really looking at us mindlessly using whatever and however and ach, it doesn't matter to actually being mindful to say, no, if you keep on taking out, you eventually deplete the natural resources that are there. And also the way we're using things, the way we're using coal, the way we're using, um, you know, sort of the energy, it's having an extra impact on the world, on our environment. Correct, yeah. And that's why it's important to to be sustainable uh, and to and to... There's a there's a, a great need for for coal and there's a great need for a whole bunch of energy sources out there, but how we are using it is 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 literally abusing the abusing the system and and using much more than than what we actually require. And I think 
there's so much alternative options for us available at this moment that that we don't have that excuse anymore. Um, exactly that comment that I made of 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 President Obama earlier that we are the first, we are the last generation who can effectively do something about it and and make sure that that we we set our our future. Um, our kids and 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 making sure that there's enough for them in the future and making sure that um that we leave them a a a good and and healthy life going forward so on that note let's pop out for a break and then when we come back we're going to find out more about what netcare is doing for environmental sustainability Hi there, and welcome back to Healthcare Hour. No one decides to go into debt. It creeps up on you, slowly. Debt follows debt, follows debt. Unless you do something about it. Face your debt problems before they cripple you. It's time to do something. Stay woke with Rua Online Radio. Hi there, and welcome back to Healthcare Hour with Colleen Quist. Today we're talking about environmental sustainability, and today we have Andre Nokia, who is the Environmental Sustainability Manager at Netcare. And he's just been explaining to us that environmental sustainability is really about us using up the resources in the world faster than we are replacing them, and also that we've we need to now, as he's, as he's quoted Obama, are saying that we are the last generation who can fix this, who can stop it, who can change things around. Sustainability from the point of view is, is that do we want a world for our children? Do we, what kind of world are we wanting? Because we now have the power to do something about it. And we've also spoken about that a lot of people think, oh, it doesn't exist. Oh, no, it doesn't affect me. But now let's look at your employer, Andre. You, you work for Netcare, and you've shared with us that Netcare obviously pro- produces loads of waste, uses lots of air conditionings, all those kind of things. Let us into that world. What happens in the Netcare situation? Yeah, thanks, Colleen. Yeah, again, so I think um, something interesting um, um, uh, uh, and what we are doing at Netcare to be sustain environmental sustainability and to be sustainable for the future. So I think very interesting and important step in to becoming a medical doctor, um, a medical student, when they study, they need to take the Hippocratic Oath. And one of the promises that, that they make in that oath is to first do no harm. Now, again, noting all the, all the amounts, vast amounts of energy that, that our hospital facility use the tons and tons of high waste. And you can imagine this is not your general waste of just a, a, a piece of plastic and, 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 and paper that's being dumped here. Um, we're sitting with healthcare risk waste and essentially huge amounts of, of um, global greenhouse gases that's essentially being pushed into the air. Um, um, the question is, are we really doing no harm? You know, a study done in the U.S. shows that healthcare actually contributes as much as 8% of the entire world's GHG emissions. Now, 
if you take that into perspective, 8% for, for something that you won't imagine is the world's biggest industry. Uh, it's quite a, quite a big, big, big amount. So what are we doing at the same time? Um, we are pushing, pushing emissions into the air on the one side. And we, we've got this oath of first doing no harm. Um, but we're pushing these emissions and essentially being very much part of the cause of people with, with lung infections out there. Um, and, and all these, these I want to say, uh, lung diseases that, that we, we're seeing. You know? So at Netcare, with the vision of our CEO, Dr. Richard Friedland, in 2013, we then set about uh, our journey in becoming the leader in environmental sustainability. We needed to be a corporate citizen and that we need to ensure that care being our core value is uh, that, that we first do no harm to the environment. Now, to first do no harm, we needed to change some things. And as such, um, even before sustainability became a buzzword, as we mentioned earlier, we started to implement the sustainability initiatives across all of our healthcare facilities. Um, at the time, we set ourselves quite aggressive targets. And we said, well, in the next 10 years, by 2023, we want to be achieving between 22 and 25% a reduction of, on, on an energy intensity per, per bed that we're using. Um, and we actually set ourselves the stretch target of 30%. Now, um, I must, I'm very proud for, for those targets that has been set um, because um, any, any person in the industry would actually tell you that are, those are quite big targets. And, and I'm proud to change. To, to actually state that at the end of 2021, um, we sat with a 28% reduction um, and that we're actually well on our way to achieve the 30% stretch target by, 20, by 2023. Now, what have we done as Netcare? Um, we've done, actually, we've invested more than 500 million rand in sustainability projects, um, ranging from small projects like changing light bulbs um, with energy efficient alternatives, um, right up to large air conditioning systems um, and hot water systems. Um, again, hospital facilities, more than, well, around half of the hospital's facilities, energy consumption actually sits in HVAC um, and air conditioning. So every impact that you can actually make on your air conditioning makes a big difference. Um, Netcare actually also owns the, the second biggest solar PV fleet in South Africa. Um, we went, went very aggressively in 2015. We started very aggressively started putting up solar panels on, on all of our roofs that's, that's capable of carrying those ones. And at the moment, we have more than 12.8 megawatt peak with a further 1.3 megawatt peaks being installed. Um, that's, that's more than 14 megawatt peak actually actually installed on, on, on top of the roofs. Now, just to put that in perspective for our listeners, a 14 kilowatt uh, megawatt peak system can generate approximately 24 and a half gigawatt hours of energy per, per year. Um, and, and just so, so the average household, to put that, uh, that into consideration, consumers consumes about 900 kilowatt hours a month. Um, and if, if you take that amount of energy and you translate it into houses, that actually equates to about 2,300 houses that you can power for a full year um, with, every, if, if with all the, that energy um, that we're actually generating. So yeah, We've been very aggressive, um, and and I think we are reaping the results of, of our aggressive strategies and, and moving towards all those those targets that we setting set ourselves at that stage. Okay, so clearly Netcare has also set targets, as you've said with your CEO Richard Friedland. 
you haven't just played lip service to it. You've said, okay, we need to go and do this really, not like, oh, yeah, pretty. Um, so what has been the benefit directly for Netcare with making these changes? Yeah, so so again, um, and maybe maybe just for interest's sake, again, to the listeners, now, when we started, a lot of our energy costs were, although they were starting to, to skyrocket at that stage, um, they were still relatively low um, if you compare to what they are back then and what they are now. Um, and at that stage, we, we saw that these price escalations are really going to more than double um, our, our cost on patient days, uh, on patients, and, and it's really going to have an impact on our patients as well, on their pockets, and, and how do we actually service them at the at the right prices so we went ahead and we implemented a whole bunch of energy initiatives um, starting from obviously changing small things within the hospital like areas that we can switch off a doctor's block for example does not run 24 7 so so let's put the lights off in that area um, and actually say that energy um, changing a hot water system from from resistive heating to to more efficient heat pump Type, type solutions you know and and we've actually most of the systems that we install now for example like a hot water system will pay itself back in three years so you make that initial investment um, and although it's quite a large capital investment you start reaping the rewards from 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 year three onwards um, from year three onwards you're actually starting to see oh but now the system is actually bringing money into my pocket um, I think what's what's important to note is that Netcare, the, the sustainability program, has actually achieved uh, a higher than thirty percent IRR return on investment, um, which is which is when you take what banks are, are giving you when you're borrowing their money um, as as quite a big return on investment and a, a very big interest rate that you're actually achieving. So you can definitely see that sustainability is the place to be investing your money. Um, and, and really seeing that that uh, that returns on your on your on, on your investment. So clearly, what's happened is, is that it's changed Netcare's bottom line, but it's also meant savings um, for patients. But Correct. if you go right back to saying that yes, Netcare's primary value is to care and first do no harm, you you have been very um, well. Netcare has been has shown integrity and in saying, no, well, you know, on this spreadsheet we care, but on that spreadsheet we don't care. Whereas you say, no, there's actually one spreadsheet and across the board we need to care. We cannot have your global greenhouse gases spewing out into the air and we go, oh, no, different spreadsheet, don't look at that one. <laughs> exactly, Kili. Yeah, no, and I think that's very important. Um, exactly like I say, we can't be... be uh, be providing healthcare services um, for people and, and making them better, but at the same time being the part of the cause that they, they're in that hospital in the first place. So, yeah, at Netcare, we believe that we should not only be environmental sustainable, but the business also needs to be sustainable um, into the future. Um, and that means affordable healthcare for everyone. Um, ultimately, we are ensuring uh, trying to ensure that uh, while a patient receives care at our facilities, and this is done with the lowest impact on the environment, but also the lowest possible cost for that patient and ultimately reflecting back into, into their pockets. Okay, so let's pop out for a break. And when we come back, we're going to hear more about what you can do as the public, because clearly you don't have 
500 million to go and spend on different systems like Netcare has. But what is it that you can do? But first, let's pop out for that break. Listen to this. Up against the wall. <laughs> Took you long enough. Spit him. Whoa, that's a little rough. Oh. <sighs> and now the same thing in pink. Up against the wall. <laughs> Took you long enough. <laughs> Spit him. Oh, that's a little rough. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. If a color can make something sound kinky, imagine how it can make it look. Metal paints, the right color matters. Visit metalpaints.coza. Broadcasting worldwide, online, 24-7. It's Booga Online, your inspiration radio station. Welcome back. You tuned to Healthcare Hour with Colleen Quist. You are listening to me and my guest, Andre Nokia. He is the Environmental Sustainability Manager at Netcare. And we've been talking about how we are the last generation that can do anything about uh, global warming, climate, um, and making sure that we do make a world for our children, that there is a world, and that we are sustainable and that we are mindful about how we are using our resources. Andre has also said that working for Netcare and certainly with their CEO, Richard Friedland, who's had this vision that they've all worked together to say we can't care on one page and not care for the patients on the other. So we've heard all about the major cost savings, but it's, it's required an investment. So let's start off, Andre. How has load shedding affected Netcare? You spoke before about the solar panels, but, you know, what have the costs been? Yeah, so thank you. Uh, um, as most listeners know, um, load shedding this year specifically in South Africa has been the worst that it's ever been. Um, and the short-term forecasts are not um, that it's going to become any better soon. Now, contrary to public belief, um, hospitals are not exempted from load shedding and more specifically private hospitals. Um, we also see load shedding. And unfortunately, that does have quite a big impact on our operations and how we are able to, to um, cater for, 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 for our, um, our patients. Now, Firstly, when load shedding happens, you can be assured that you and your family are safe and, and that there's a number of safety measures in place to ensure this. Um, firstly, our generators will obviously kick in right through the individual piece of equipment that actually might, might, might be connected to you or your family member uh, through means of an onboard battery. Um, but in some cases, it does happen that, that for example, we lose hot water um, in a specific region. And so, so those things do impact you. Um, now, getting back to load shedding and its impact on care. So when load shedding happens, the facility's backup generator will kick in and it will take over the facility's right now, uh, the facility's load. Now, the generator is essentially the heart of the netcare, if I can call it that way. And, and we, we work very hard to protect our generators as far as possible. These generators, when they were bought also, um, they, they are essentially there as, as backup and they, they don't like running, running that often. At the same time, these generators um, run on diesel and looking at our diesel pricing uh, around the, the world actually at the moment um, and, and the fact that we've actually used more than 800,000 liters of diesel um, just last year um, to run our generators that that becomes quite a, a large number, you know. Now, taking, again, the cost of diesel, 
um, one can imagine that 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 becomes a hefty bill to carry as well. Um, especially noting that they shouldn't have been load shedding in the first place, and this shouldn't have been required. So. there's definitely implications on a facility like Netcare and it does does essentially affect us our bottom lines as well um, with the bills that we need to carry. So what we're also seeing is is that now suddenly there's a whole bunch of jargon when you talk about kilowatt hours and mega something or others and you know your average person and things okay we need an we need a different version but like now when you go shopping for an inverter or you say, yay, let's put in solar. But where do you start? Yeah, so that's a very, very important question. And I think um, I think the first thing to note is every, every little bit helps. Um, even you, where you are sitting at your house, myself sitting at my house, um, we, we all can make a, a difference. All those small drops um, actually makes a difference. Now, an important stat is that did you know, Colleen, that a leaky tap that actually drips uh, one drop of water every second actually relates to about 750 liters of water per month that, that you've actually wasted. Now, that's water literally down the drain and, and wasted. No one saw the benefit of that water. It was cleaned. It was pumped all the way to your house and uh, it went through your geyser most probably being heat up and that just flows all the way down back into the river. Now, I think it's important, and the reason why I'm saying it is because you can translate that drop of water to, to energy, to, to, um, to waste at the same time. And there's a saying that, that the people in the industry uses that says the cheapest kilowatt hour um, is the kilowatt hour not spent in the first place. And, and again, if, if I talk that to, to water, so the cheapest a liter of water is the water that you've actually not used at all. Now, what that means is, yes, there's easy ways of, of saving energy and, and running a, changing a light bulb, for example, with an energy efficient one and running that light uh, with, with, with a lot less energy. But, but the ultimate comes down to, to eliminating that kilowatt hour as far as possible. So, Let's rather switch off that light in the first place. So I want to encourage everyone to switch off the systems that you're not using because that is essentially the easiest, cheapest kilowatt hour for you um, because you're not paying anything for that. Now, also at the same time, we hear lots of adverts on the radio um, around solar PV, and um, but not all of us has got 150,000 Rand or 300,000 Rand to invest in this. And it doesn't always make sense. And lots of households to to put up a system like that, and you might never see your return on investment. Um, so, so it's important to to make sure that that you start off by firstly, like I say, invest in the cheapest kilowatt hour. Things like LED lights. Um, LED light consumes a tenth essentially of of what the old incandescent lights, those old um, energy bulbs that we used to that that get so warm when you need to change it that your hand burns. Um, they they literally use about a tenth of the the same amount of energy for the same amount of light output. Um, energy efficient shower heads, for example, it's a small change that you make. But um, and people ask me, but how's a shower head energy efficient? But but it doesn't necessarily go down to the 
to 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 just the water saving because you firstly you're saving water but you you tend to forget that that water needs to be heated by a geyser and a geyser is one of your biggest energy consumers in your in your entire house so by using an efficient solid it means that you don't have that energy consumption um again throwing an all two liter bottle of water into your toilet tank to 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 make sure that it doesn't flush all that water those are all small things that you can actually implement in your household to start saving and actually make your your part of the of the difference. And yes, you're not always going to see um, a, a lot. Lots of times we we overestimate the savings that we're going to be seeing, um, and the savings are definitely there. There, don't get me wrong. But but ultimately, it goes down to again environmental sustainability and what is your impact. Um, water is very cheap still in in our country. That doesn't mean we need, don't need to save water. That doesn't mean we are not seeing droughts um, all across our countries. So, yeah, I um, hope that that helps out there. Okay. So I think what, you know, I think all of us have stood, maybe not you, Andre, but we've stood in the <laughs> shopping center in the aisle going like, but which one? Which globe do you to take? I've never, ever heard of an energy efficient shower head. You see, we learn new things. But I think it's so important that we we are exposed to information that can teach us, that it can educate us, but it's also about the public being open to the ideas of, okay, how do we do it differently? And exactly as you've said is, you know, one drip a second is nothing, but it just shows you how little bits add up where you're saying that one drip a second turns into 750 liters a month until you've got to pay for it. And then you go like, where on earth did it go? But it starts off with the little bits and little bits add up and make huge bits. So just as much as we shouldn't be wasting, we also need to be able to know, to know that the small little bits, the changes that we make, make huge difference. Very true. No, that's very true. And um, yeah, it's very important to start actually putting those numbers together because something that might seem very small and insignificantly when, when you start adding those things together. And again, let's take those small drips that you, that you're seeing in your household. Now, just, just imagine you've got two taps in your house. That's actually dripping. And, and in your neighborhood, there's 10 people that is, that is also experiencing the same dripping, dripping tap. How many times have we driven down the street and see there's a, there's a tap, running water, gushing water out of that pipe doesn't cost us anything, but it also doesn't cost us to maybe stop and actually close the tap or report that tap. You know, um, those things eventually add up to huge amounts of numbers and, and places where water is, is really an infinite re resource um, or a finite resource. Sorry, I've almost uh, <laughs> said the wrong thing there. <laughs> a finite resource. Um, Water is very difficult because energy we can create from the sun. We've got the technology for that, but water is different. There's only X amount of water in this, in this country. And we need to make sure that, that we use that water sparingly and, and really um, apply amounts, try and make our difference. And one of the main reasons why I like environmental sustainability so much is I can actually see the fruits of my labor. You can actually see the impacts that you are making and you can actually see how, how in your small business you are making a difference for the greater good. And you get a little jig in your step and you go, yay, look <laughs> what we've done today. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and it's important that we that we brag about those things. I, I really think, like you said, we need to make people aware of it. Let's let's start challenges where we start challenging people for for saving energy, for saving water, for making differences um, um, in 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 our community. For for maybe if there's a tap that's broken, a tap is twenty rand to go and replace. Um, let's replace that tap on behalf. It's 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 the, it's it's not that big a deal to actually do those things. What's so important there, Andre, is is you speaking about our own responsibility and our own accountability. It's very easy to drive down the street and you see a dripping tap or you see whatever and you go, oh, somebody else will sort it out. But no, we need to change our mind to say, no, it's not somebody else's responsibility. We need to step up as the someone. We need to be the someone. Exactly. And it it remains so easy so so many times do we walk on the street and there's a paper flying past us and we don't stop to pick up the paper or we we might be the cause of that paper falling and we or we actually trying to throw a can into the dustbin but we must but we 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 don't take the effort to actually just turn around and 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 throw that back into the bin you know um there's so much that we can actually do and we should really start owning that process and and really making sure that that we, we, we do our part um, um, and, and, and to make that difference. Okay. So on that accountable note, let's pop out for a break. If you're enjoying this interruption and find the sound of my voice captivating, you may be experiencing extreme boredom. Try new, fast-acting Subaru Impreza in hatch or sedan, formulated with symmetrical full-time all-wheel drive. Cure boredom fast with new Impreza. Voga Online Radio, your inspiration radio station. Welcome back. You tuned to Healthcare Hour with Colleen Quist. I'm speaking to Andre Nokia today, and he is the Environmental Sustainability Manager at Netcare. I think he's taken a lot of the strange terms and turned them into everyday G we can understand. We can understand that a dripping tap becomes 750 liters a month. And also he's challenged us to saying, you know, it's not somebody else's problem, it's ours. So yes, you don't have to be just in your own homes. What changes can you make? He spoke about an energy efficient shower head where it's not just water, it's the fact that the water needs to be heated. And also changing, um, you know, kilowatt hours, the most effective, efficient kilowatt hours, the one that you're not going to be using. Netcare has won lots of awards. They've had lots of um, recognition for the difference that they're making. So what are future goals? Where to now? Yeah, no, thanks, uh, Colleen. Um, I think... Like you mentioned, um, we have won a, a, a whole bunch of awards and we are very proud about those awards. But at the same time, we've set our ta- target as becoming the leader in environmental sustainability. And we see ourselves as the leader in sustainability environment. Um, so so moving forward, we've set ourselves even bolder goals. So one of the targets that we've set ourselves is to have uh, to actually power all of our facilities from 100% renewable energy by 2030. Now, to put that in perspective, the, the world is expecting us to, to, to actually align ourselves by 2050, but we have actually set ourselves a goal of achieving this by 2030 and making sure that all of our energy that we actually buy is from renewable energy sources by that stage. 
at the same time, we've also committed to, to actually sending zero waste to landfill. Um, we all know that our landfills are filling up. Um, more and more, we hear stories of, 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 for example, in the city of Cape Town, where, where landfills are really starting to struggle and, and it's soon it's no longer going to be available. So we've started implementing strategies to recycle, um, reuse some of our products um, into, well, repurposing those things and, and really creating the circular economy and, and, and reusing items as much as possible. We've also committed uh, a further 20% reduction in our total water consumption. Um, that's in addition to our 2023 t- target, which was also 20%, actually putting us at 40%. And um, yeah, at the same time, we're also proud to have become the first hospital group in Africa to have actually committed to net zero targets by 2050 initiative. So we set ourselves bold targets. Are these targets achievable? Um, not necessarily in today's terms, but we believe that, that we are going to be achieving those things by 2013, 2030. And if we, end up, if we don't uh, challenge ourselves, we're never going to, be, we're never going to uh, reach those targets. So it's important that we do challenge ourselves with bold targets, setting the example and really showing the world that we are a leader in sustainability. So what I like is that NetCare has not just got targets, they've got stretch targets too. And so in closing, Andre, what message do you have for the public? No, again, thank you very much. And, and thank you to the listeners um, for, for, for this time. Um, I think if there's, there's one thing that I want to share with the listeners is that, that they, they can make an impact where they are. It doesn't matter how small you are doesn't matter, matter um, what you are doing. Um, loads of times we are working for, for big corporate companies and we are asking the question, well, what I'm doing won't make any difference in a bigger company and the company needs to listen. But I think it's important to start showing and creating that awareness to, to the world. Um, we are Sustainability is a buzzword going around at the moment and we need to jump on that horse, make sure that we, we get the message out, that we show our, our peers um, that, that we have decided and we've made that commitment to ourselves um, that we are going to be leaders in sustainability. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's the message I want to I wanna share and leave with the guys. So thank you very much, Andre. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for coming to challenge us and, our, and the listeners of saying that you can make a difference where you are. So you've been tuned to Healthcare Hour with Colleen Quist, and I look forward to you joining us next week.